Hi, this is Sue Detweiler, author of Nine Traits of a Life-Giving Mom, and you are listening to On Face Edge with Joe Taylor. So often we want to put pain behind us, but pain is our most precious commodity or one of our most precious commodities. It is something that we've been entrusted to steward. And if we steward it well, it will become a verdant garden that can feed others in our lives. I'll tell you this much. Sue Detweiler is a woman full of wisdom and passion for moms and families. Thank you, Sue, for the introduction. Sue's latest book is called Women Who Move Mountains, and you can hear that that conversation at onfaithsedge.com slash 72. That's onfaithsedge.com slash 72. Well, hello. Welcome to the 80th episode of On Faith's Edge. My name is Joe Taylor, recovering atheist and your servant in Jesus Christ. This is your place to hear conversations about God and living a life of faith in Jesus Christ. Today, we welcome Emmy Award winner, speaker, and author, Michelle Peremsky. Michelle is dynamic, energetic, and full of joy. But what's most impressive about Michelle is the unfathomable tragedy that she endured that is now a source for her joy. In 2007, Michelle became a widowed mother. In just five short months, she tragically lost her husband, gave birth to their second daughter, and lost her mother to breast cancer. During that time, she craved a grief empowerment program that helped widows like herself and helped her children recover from the losses they experienced. She got tired of asking, why did this happen to me? And she wanted to take action to heal her mind, body, and spirit through healthy, wise choices. And it was through her tragedy that she developed 180 Your Life to provide fresh, dynamic support teams to empower bereaved women and grieving families. In this episode today, Michelle goes deep into the tragic event that started her her journey to 180 Her Life. We explore the question, what do you do when you believe that you are doing all the things God wants you to do, but he just isn't cooperating? Where do typical grief ministries fall short in their efforts to minister to the grieving? Michelle introduces her team train triumph process to recover from any loss and why Michelle once considered that there may be many forms of and paths to God. Michelle, your story of tragedy and triumph is absolutely phenomenal, as we heard in the introduction. Uh, take us through take us through this journey of yours. My story's not easy to begin with. Uh, I was very happily married. I loved being married to my best friend. Um, I had a almost three-year-old daughter, and we were expecting another one on the way. So I was seven months pregnant. And um, unfortunately... Uh, my husband took his life while I was pregnant with our second daughter and it was completely unexpected to me. And then two months later, I needed, I mean, I gave birth to our second child, Sophia. And three months after that, my mom lost her battle with breast cancer. And I just couldn't understand how God could be in this process. Where was God's protection? Where was God's 
favor. If I was doing what I felt I should be doing as a married woman, um, faithful to my husband, uh, helping in church, both of us helping in the marriage ministry at our church, um, backing away from work to support my family. I was just trying to do all the things that I thought was right for my family. And then all of a sudden I became a pregnant widow and my husband had taken his life and our our total lives were turned upside down. And I just thought, Lord, how... I don't understand. I thought I was playing by the rules. And now something happened that seems completely and utterly destructive and unfair. And the really the journey of 180 Your Life is me coming to peace with the situation that unfolded in my life as a widowed mom. And I discovered that there were so many challenges um, for women like me, you know, just being in the journey of wanting to not feel depressed, wanting to feel that um, my life counted for something, that God had a purpose, that God was aware of my situation. And as and he was, and he is. He is the God who sees us, as Hagar calls him in Deuteronomy. He is the God who sees us. But sometimes we go through these major changes that are, that are horrific. And we wonder if God can be in that process, and he is. And the idea is to just stay with the Lord. Even what someone said to me, if you don't trust his hand, trust his heart. When you can't understand what God is doing in your life, choose to trust that he is still your heavenly daddy, that he is your heavenly husband, that he loves you with all his heart, and that he has a purpose. And oftentimes, our pain can be used as a purpose in other people's lives. So I really believe that this journey from tragedy to triumph of becoming a widowed mom, um, looking desperately for a way to find a to find strategies that helped me to not only cope with my life, not only survive, but to thrive for body, mind, and spirit. And I was on this journey. I was really depressed for about four and a half years. Wow. And I kept praying like, Lord, help me, help me so that I can lead my children. It's not fair for them to be growing up with me, not in a thriving position. And so I just, I have a, I worked in network news for many years, for over 25 years, and I used my journalism skills and I started to research who, what are the best ways to overcome loss. And I found out that it's a holistic approach. You cannot overcome loss just in your spirit or just in your body or just in your mind. We are a triune being. So we are body, mind, and spirit. And in order to truly triumph, I feel like you need to overcome and have strategies for body, mind, and spirit. So I integrated that into my book. Um, I interviewed people who are experts in grief recovery, in healthy eating after loss, in, um, in, in team strategies, and um, people who went through 
unbelievable circumstances and then came out and now are living their best, most purposeful lives. Now, I wanted that. I want. I wanted the roadmap. If I was going to be in this very difficult situation that I did not plan or prepare for as a widowed mom with two small children, how could I live my very best, most purposeful life and be an example to my daughters that like Dr. Charles Stanley says, that we are not defined by tragedy, but we are defined by our choices in the midst of tragedy. So I started to feel fabulous really around year six. Six years. Six years. Into this. I really lost about four and a half years because I was just floundering. So it, we definitely want to talk about the triumph part of this. Sure. How important is it to understand the tragedy part of your story to really put it in context? Can we explore that a little bit? Absolutely. Michelle? Your husband, while you were seven months pregnant, took his own life. Yes. What happened? Why? What he, was he going through that maybe you didn't see at the time? Where was his mind? Where was his spirit? What was going on in his life or in the family that, was, that led to this, if, if you don't mind sharing? Well, part of it is going to be a mystery. And the Greek uh, etymology of the word mystery is you cannot know because you were not there. So I can tell you what I have learned, but part of that is my husband's journey. And I know now, at the time, I did not recognize the signs for depression. Mm. But now I know when someone is really short-tempered, when they're sleeping at odd times of the day, um, when they are stressed out, that these are warning signs. Mm. And he had never talked about taking his own life. He just told me at one point that he really felt overwhelmed. And we were opening a chiropractic office at the time. My late husband was a chiropractor, which is why I'm health oriented. That's what drew us sure, together. Sure. And it was incredibly stressful to him. We had just moved. I, we had a baby on the way. And I would say, honestly, that it was financially stressful. Mm. And I think... This is hard to say, but I think that sometimes men want to solve a problem. And I cannot speak. There were some personal things that were going on in his life that, as his wife, that is between he and I. Mm -hmm. But I feel that there were some grief things that he was working through um, from some family that he had lost. And that he really, maybe we didn't know how to handle grief ourselves because we were in our early 30s with children and one on the way and opening a business and doing what people in their early 30s do when you're, you know, crafting a family. And, in, and I just thought, well, we're just having a difficult time and that's okay because that's part of this journey. And we still went to church together. We still did Bible study together. We did all, it, it, it looked fine from the outside. And even on the inside, I was like, it's okay. It was just a hard time. Um, and, and then I really, I think he was in more fine. He had more financial issues than I was aware of. Mm. And so it's hard for me to say this, but I think sometimes men specifically will look at a life insurance policy and say, this may be a good way to take care of my family. Mm. 
and we had a suicide clause in the policy. I wasn't even aware of it until after I found the policy in our office because I thought, surely when someone takes their life, then there is no protection in terms of finances. But in fact, we had a two-year suicide clause, and it was a we had had the policy for three and a half years. Wow. So there is, in the back of my mind, um, I think my husband in his depression decided to take care of our family financially. A, a warped sense of honor. I know. There. The enemy <laughs> can use the most righteous parts of us. Yes. To, for his evil ways. Yes. And I was, and I think that's part of the reason I was so livid with God. Yeah. And I had, um, a really hard time, uh, knowing how to process that not only was my husband gone and we had this provision now. And honestly, I've used a, I would, I've probably used a third of it to create 180 year life. Wow. I, I used to own my house outright because of the life insurance policy. And, um, I actually sold my house to create our video series that pairs with every chapter of the book. I have sold furniture. I've, I have used a tremendous amounts of um, not hundreds of dollars, not thousands of dollars, but hundreds of thousands of dollars. Because I really feel like that verse in the Bible that says, and I'm sorry that I don't know the address right now, which is, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit, some, some 10, some 30, some, no, some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. Well, I've told the Lord, I want, a thou- I want not a thousand fold, but I want a million fold for this. Because this was my best friend yep. and my dear beloved husband and father of my children who doted on my one daughter and doted on me and treated me like a queen. And if God was going to allow our marriage to be used in a most unusual way in terms of empowering grieving people, then I'm behind that because I will not allow my late husband's passing to be for nothing. And the the grief empowerment that I found, the dynamic life that I found after loss by praying a simple prayer, God, heal our hearts and minds, give us wisdom and help us to trust you through this journey. And that's all I prayed over and over again for years with my children at night. And as I started writing down the amazing things that were happening, it became this book, 180 Year Life. And sometimes God would wake me up at 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning with paragraphs running through my mind. And I just had a little laptop and I would just start writing. And it was like taking dictation. And it became the chapters of 180 Year Life. And I had um, Pastor Ron Wayne, who works with us. He's a certified uh, therapist. He came up to me last year and said, at, actually at Unite at ICRS, International Christian Retail Show. And he said, have you taken any classes on grief therapy? And I said, no, I'm, I'm really from a journalistic background. I just interviewed people. And he said, how, what, what you've written lines up perfectly with grief trauma therapies. How did you know this? And I just pointed up, I said, it was the Lord. I just prayed and I researched and then God gave me chapters and I wrote them down and I've just been faithful because I really feel like 
pain. So often we want to put pain behind us, but pain is our most precious commodity or one of our most precious commodities. It is something that we've been entrusted to steward. And if we steward it well, it will become a verdant garden that can feed others in our lives. That dry, arid place that when we turn it to the Lord and he waters it and he takes those, that decomposition of our dreams and then we plant faithfully, we continue, those who sow in tears will weep with shouts of joy. That's what, another Bible verse, right? If you, could, if you could see Michelle right now, her joy is incredible, understanding what she's gone through. So Michelle, you, you lost your husband. Mm-hmm. You, were, you were pregnant with your daughter at the time. Yes. Your second daughter? My second right? daughter. And then you lost your mother. Yes. This tragedy brought you to 180 Your Life mm-hmm. Ministries, correct? Yes, I, cre- I created 180 Your Life. So take us into that, take us from that tragedy through the triumph, the triumph into 180 Your Life. Well, what happened was in 2013, actually around 2009, I started training for triathlons. And and I'm actually a theater major from Chapel Hill. Like I, I, I didn't grow up in Chapel Hill, but I, I went to school at UNC Chapel Hill and I was a theater major, double majored in theater and speech communications. And I was never picked to be first on anybody's team. And I've never been known for my athleticism. So for me to train for a triathlon, um, like just the swim part, is just like there's no real form that you would want to film me because I've got such amazing Olympic form. It's just the not dying form. Let's like not drown <laughs> so we can parent my children into the future. Um, let's just survive Flailing this. for life. <laughs> yes, a little bit. <laughs> that has happened. Um, but you know what? I found in doing this journey of pushing my pushing myself beyond my comfort zone that God really showed me as I started to get healthier and stronger I felt fabulous and I slept better my mind was sharper I was excited about life which meant that my children were excited about life and then my children wanted to start training with me and now we were out in the sunshine and we were meeting new people and we felt success when we crossed finish lines and I thought you know if I could do this, I could do the next big thing. Like, what's my next big thing? Well, maybe I should start writing a book and, and, and show everyone, help give them the secret sauce. Because so many people would ask me, oh, my friend, this happened. My, my friend has lost someone in their life. And I was constantly being pointed to someone to help empower their grief zone. So I said, okay. Let me write down the secret sauce so that you can have it and lead your own group. Um, In 2013, I started a widow's triathlon team. Uh, We were initially called Team Hot Widow, Healthy, Optimistic, Thriving, but no church. I was going to say, how did that go over? No church replicated uh, a Hot Widow team. With the elder board. No. (laughs) So um, they thought we were a specialized dating service, which we weren't. Uh, (laughs) No kidding. We were a specialized dating service. That's fantastic. Yes. So uh, we we rebranded to Team Lady 180, and um, we... Within the first six weeks 
of starting my widowed triathlon team, we were on the USA Today website. We're still there. If you Google widows sick of casseroles, you will find me and my hot widows. And Ooh. now, you know, realizing how, how can I make a program that like these women who were in my team, their lives changed exponentially in four and a half months. I watched them go from feeling tired and struggling to thriving and, and feeling like they could conquer. And I, I thought, we're on to something. This, this is special. So I started a group for widows and then a group for divorces just naturally happened. And then there was a group that wanted me for women coming out of sex, dra- sex trafficking. And, um, and that's when I decided it's time to write the book so that they can get the formula and lead their own groups. And so I wrote 180 Your Life, From Tragedy to Triumph, A Woman's Grief Guide. And there's three books in that series. It's the main book, which has all the inspirational people, the experts, my story. And then we have a personal study guide and journal that pairs with every chapter of the book and the leadership guides because it's designed for small group leadership in church programs. Because the problem that I found, you know, the last sermon I heard with my husband in church was, if you have a problem, you have a purpose. And so the problem I found was that grief programs were not long enough. It takes the body up to 20 months to begin to really recover from a major loss. But most, most church programs are only four to 12 weeks long. It's not long enough. I'm sure that they're wonderful programs, but you need a program that is consistent, that is cyclical, that is 12 months long so that at any point someone can onboard when they're going through loss because every day is like an eternity to someone going through loss. And in the first six months after loss, the U.S. Office of Vital Statistics says that the surviving spouse has a 60% chance higher of suicide, that people have a 400% chance higher of heart attack. How do we bring those numbers down? I believe it's through something we call team train triumph. We operate as a team training toward a common goal. We train body, mind, and spirit in healthy, wise, biblically-based choices. And we triumph by crossing a finish line and helping others on our same path. What does that do? It brings people into connection. It nourishes their body, mind, and spirit from a place of knowledge and wisdom. I So often I was in grief groups and I saw people saying, I'm exhausted. I can't sleep well. I'm depressed. And they're asking God to lift the depression while they're eating simple carbs, which mm-hmm. actually can chemically stack the deck for your body to have depression. So I realized that we need to operate in wisdom and knowledge and that a post-traumatic stress syndrome therapies include healthy eating, exercise, being in community. So why not have our grieving people in faith environments remain in our faith environments? And I'm not saying not to explore certain secular therapies, which are very helpful. I'm just saying, why not have a body, mind, spirit, 12-month program that is in church that can empower the surviving caregiver and their children? Because the... In the single most determining factor of how a child will survive the loss of a loved one, the loss of a parent, is the survive is the health and wellness of the surviving caregiver. How are your kids? I have to say now I'm biased. All right, my kids are awesome. Yeah. Um, my first, my eldest daughter did her first triathlon at seven years old. 
her adult-sized triathlon. My second daughter at age eight did her first Iron Kids at yeah, at age eight. She's 10 now. They are thriving. So often children who are um, have come from losing a parent, they get bullied. They, their confidence has been, has taken a hit. And I can say by the example of my own children, they are thriving. They are very well socially integrated. They are proud of who they are. They are proud of um, the landscape of our lives. They help empower other children in loss. They will ask to go to a funeral to empower a child who's lost a parent. I have a 13-year-old and a 10-year-old. They've been doing that for three years. That's what God Amazing. can do. That's what God can do with tragedy. Yes, Michelle. because grief is transformational. So often we want grief to put it, let's put it behind us. How soon can I get past this? But actually grief transforms us into our most compassionate, most purposeful, most dynamic selves. If we will but hold on to the journey. And in this book, 180 Your Life, we talk about this amazing thing that happens in Africa every year. And it's in the Okavango Basin in the Kalahari Desert. And what happens is this basin that's shaped like a giant hand overflows and it transforms um, between 4,000 to 10,000 square miles of arid desert into a lush grassland. And there's a verse in Isaiah that says, behold, I am doing a new thing. I am bring, I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the desert. I thought that that was metaphorical. It's not metaphorical. It happens in Africa. And we take people on that journey in 180 year life. And the most amazing thing to me is this pod of elephants. The elephants, they remember the ancient ways back into the basin so that when the desert is at its hottest, they actually forge into the heart of the desert. They don't turn away from it because they know that at the right time, the basin will overflow and transform the landscape into a lush grassland from a desert. And that's like grief. If we will but stay in in empowered groups led by a wise leader and we travel into the heart of grief, we know that at the right time, the Lord will bubble up in our hearts and with his flooding will flood our hearts and change the arid landscape of our broken hearts into a lush grassland that will feed much more than just me and my family, but whole herds, whole beautiful communities. And that's what God does. God doesn't work in addition. He works in massive multiplication. Michelle, your joy and your sense of victory is infectious. It's Thank a you. testament to what God has done in your life and can do in the lives of everybody, whether they're going through a tragedy or not, but especially those that are going through a tragedy, if they let God work through their life. If somebody is going through a tragedy right now, where can they go at this moment? What resources are available to them? Well, number one, I would point them to the Bible. I would say a simple prayer, like I have said, which is, God, heal our hearts and minds. Help us to trust you. Guide us. And I started in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs has 31 chapters, 
Hey, guess what? There's 31 days maximum in a month. Align it with one chapter in Proverbs. If, if today is the 28th, then go to Proverbs 28 and read that. Just let the Word of God replenish you and water your spirit, even if it feels dry, even if it feels, if it feels like you're chewing bark in your mouth because it's tough right now. That's okay because God is doing a work in you. So you just stay with the Lord. Hold on. If you are on this planet, you have a purpose. Don't you let the enemy give you lies that it is better to go on to heaven. You let the Lord take you to heaven in his right time, but he's got a purpose for you. Now, secondly, of course, I'm going to suggest 180 your life um, as a individual exercise or a group exercise. Um, to get the book, you can find us at 180yourlife.com. Not only are there three books in this series, the main grief guide, the personal study guide and journal and the facilitator's guide. The personal study guide, you know, it is really important to journal through your process of grief. It helps it get it out of your body and onto paper. There's something empowering about that. But for me, I didn't want to just look at a blank piece of paper. So in the journal, I just asked a lot of questions. All the questions that I asked myself in 180 Your Life to help write this book, I transformed it into the journal. So if you answer all the questions, you've actually written your own 180 Your Life book. We're going to give a copy of the book, 180 Your Life Away. I'll give you details on how to get that or how to, how to get a copy, your own copy of the book, 180 Your Life, uh, in a few minutes. And then also we have a video series that we have just finished and it's online. You can go to our website at 180yourlife.com. It's 180U. And in that video series, Every chapter where you meet one of our experts, one of our inspirational stories like Scott Rigsby, the world's first dual amputee Ironman triathlete, who says that God has used him more with his prosthetic legs than he would have ever used him with his natural legs. Amazing people who have grown by leaps and bounds, who have expressed post-traumatic growth, which is a real study being done at Yale and my alma mater, UNC Chapel Hill. How do you um, have the roadmap Roadmap to post-traumatic growth. And that's what 180 Your Life is. And in every chapter of the book, if you will pair it with our video series, you will meet the real-life people that are in each chapter of the book, and they expand and tell you even more helpful ideas than in the chapters of the book. So it is truly a comprehensive, interactive series that's what I had hoped I would have found that active, fun, family-engaging, 12-month-long cyclical series. That's what I wanted. That's what we've created. And that's my gift to you. Michelle, needless to say, your story's amazing. Your story is amazing. Can we talk a little bit about your faith? Absolutely. How did you... You're, you're a Christian? Yes. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> or a good faker? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> uh, how, how did you come to believe in Jesus Christ? Well, it started very early. Uh, I was five years old. Um, my mother and father uh, were Catholic, and I just started having conversations with God at night. And I really believed that God was very much loved me and was a part of my life. And then um, after my parents divorced, we went to a Baptist church and 
I was really brought up in this beautiful um, Baptist faith of how much Jesus loves us. And of course, you know, knowing that he died for me. And I think just as with any relationship that we're in, it evolves and transforms. So the faith of when I was five is very different from the faith now that I'm almost 50. Um, the, after my husband died, you know, I had trained with uh, Youth with a Mission. So I had trained as a missionary um, during college. I'd actually taken a break from college, went back to college at my father's request, finished, and then ended up going into the news, going into network news. My father was a network news cameraman. And I always wondered how would God bring together my ability to do broadcast quality production, my faith, and my heart for missions. And he did it later on in life. Once I became a widow, it all came together Mm. that I saw a need and created the programming that I felt would meet that need in a way that was body, mind, and spirit. Personally, um, I was livid with God when my husband died. I totally thought it was completely unfair. I really wanted to walk away from my faith. Did you question your faith or even oh, the existence sure. of God? At Absolutely. The time? Why in God's green earth would I adhere myself to something that, or to a faith that at times is very disciplined and um, is not a wide road, but is a straight and narrow road? Why not open it up and include everything that I had not included before? What if there's many, 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 many ways? And it's not just Jesus. I asked myself that. And I have to say, you know, so many people said to me when my husband died, well, God is a husband. You know, he's your heavenly husband now. He's a father to the fatherless. And I would suggest that when people are initially going through grief, like the first day or two, I did not welcome that idea. Because I thought, I want my husband I want to sleep near my husband. I want the man who picks up my children and to throw them up and play with them and be on the playground with them like my husband did. So I resented that idea. But I I can tell you now, 10 years into the journey, God is my heavenly husband. Mm. And he is a most excellent father to my fatherless children. And he has been most faithful. And he was faithful from day one. And even in my anger, and I stomped my foot, and once I was like, all right, if you want to be your, my heavenly husband, I am giving you the stink eye, because I am mad right now. And one of my friends, I told that kind of sheepishly to one of my friends, and she said, that's probably one of the most honest prayers you could have prayed. Right. God can take our anger, and he has truly walked me through a journey of showing me again and again, and I do detail it in the book, 180 Your Life, of how faithful he is, and how loving he is, and how much he knows what our needs are, and how I wondered, I mean, my heart physically hurt for three years. It it was exhausting to have that much pain in my body. Is my faith practical enough to deal with unrelenting pain in my physical body? It is. He removed it. He removed it in a day. 
It was incredible. I tell the story in 180 Your Life. Wow. God is truly there. And that's why I won't leave because I have never seen this kind of dynamic healing and help and an ever-present God in any other faith structure, honestly. So isn't it, isn't it amazing how afraid we are to be authentic with God and raw with God when he himself modeled it on the cross, when he said, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why yes. have you forsaken me? And I could hear that in your voice. I could, in, in maybe yes, different words. Absolutely. Where are you, God? Yes. For crying out loud. I've been, I've been loyal. I've been, mm-hmm. I've been, I've been obedient. I've been playing by the rules. Right. I've been playing by the rules. Where are you? And that's, that is the, your friend's right. That's the best prayer you can pray. God wants all of us, even, even our anger. Yes. Even our anger. As, as we wrap up, Michelle, many of our listeners are not believers. What would you say to that person that is maybe going through a tragedy of their own right now? And they're right on faith's edge making that choice to believe or not to believe in God? I would say that in, and forgive me if I, I remember Bible verses, but not always their addresses, but in, I think it's in Deuteronomy. Moses says, I've put before you a blessing and a curse, life and death. Choose life. The Lord says, hey, I'll give you the cheat sheet. Choose life. It's, it's our choice. That's why we say 180, your life. Because we have choices to make. And God in the Bible has given us life-affirming, life-producing choices. The best choice that we can make, even when you are at your most depressed, I have had suicidal thoughts. I I have really been racked in pain in my heart and in my body after the death of my best friend and my husband, who was my husband, to stay with the Lord cry out to him. I have screamed in my car. He, do it in a closed car, <laughs> not with the car on, but you know, because it doesn't scare the neighbors. Um, but you know, I have been like, Lord, where are you? And God can take all of that and then make the next best decision. What's the next best decision? It could be to read a chapter in Proverbs. It could be to go take a shower. It could be to go outside and have a walk. It could be to hold on because God is at work and it doesn't happen in a day. You don't plant a seed and all of a sudden you're swinging off the, the arms of an oak tree. No, he plants us as mighty oaks of righteousness um, near those that, that spring of faith, right? But it takes time for that to grow. So go on a walk with the Lord. Literally, go outside and go on a walk. The vitamin D is good for you. And be honest with God and then go home and make the next best decision and be open and be honest about your questions and continue to search. You know, the Bible says that if we search, if we knock, if we ask, but that, that he will, he will open the door to us, that he will answer us. And, but actually the, the Greek is if we search and we keep on searching, if we knock and we keep on knocking, if we ask and we keep on asking, that's the life of a journalist. Be a journalist. 
You know, go and really search. If you're going to make a decision for God or against God, then I would challenge you to do the research and really deeply search because I would, I stand my claim on the word of God, not because it was what I was taught to do as a child, but because in my depths of depression and suicidal thoughts and lost and loneliness and still having to move forward and parent my children to empower my daughters, not to give them a depressed lifestyle. God has met me again and again and again and again and again and again. And I can tell you because I was a candidate for, let's just go off and do my own thing because I played this game and I didn't win. But I feel like God often shatters our dreams of safety. Like Larry Crabb says in his book, Shattered Dreams, shatters, allows our dreams of safety to be shattered because he has a bigger dream for us. And it can turn into our great God adventure, which is what I'm on now. I would not trade my life. I love my life because God has not only turned my tragedy into triumph. He does that on a daily basis. And now I get so much joy from empowering others. That's why I have joy because the grief rewires you for joy. So I would challenge those who are on the edge to team up with the Lord, to train body, mind, and spirit in healthy, biblically-based choices, and to triumph by crossing your finish line and helping others. That's the secret sauce. Michelle, I don't think we can say anything more than that. You are certainly living your best, most purposeful life, and you're inspiring us to do the same. The book is 180 Your Life from Tragedy to Triumph by Michelle Peremsky. Yes. Thank you for hanging out with us. God bless. Thank you so much for having me. Michelle's website is 180yourlife.com. That's 180yourlife.com, 180yourlife.com. And her book, 180 Your Life, From Tragedy to Triumph, can be found on Amazon.com. These links, as well as her social media links, can be found in today's show notes at onfaithsedge.com slash 80. That's onfaithsedge.com slash 80. Well, that will wrap up today's show. Thank you to Michelle Peremsky for being with us, and thank you for listening. You really mean a lot to me, and you mean a lot to this show. Remember, God is real. He loves you. And so do I. Thank you for listening to On Faith's Edge. You can subscribe to the show via iTunes, Stitcher, Internet Radio, or your favorite podcast app on Android, Apple, or Windows devices. To reach out to Joe or leave comments about the show, visit onfaithsedge.com. You're important to us, and we would love to hear from you. 